Greetings, mortals. Welcome to Fatal Fortunes. I'm Al. I'm Nathan. Join us for a deep dive into some of history's most fascinating characters who live dangerously beautiful lives and whose legacies haunt us today. So today we are here to talk about Zenyeb Begum. Uh, she was a woman who lived in the 16th and 17th century. And, uh, you know, we just wanted to switch it up a little bit. I wanted to learn about something I had, you know, never really dug deep into outside of, you know, a history class. So we are here to talk about her today. She held power during the Safavid Empire. And she doesn't have a clear birth date, but Nathan wrote some stuff that was going on in the year that her father died, which was 1576. Yeah. Seems like the farther back you go, it, it's harder to get a lot of information. So it's pretty short this time. But in 1576, you have Henry IV escaping from Paris. Rudolf II succeeds Maximilian II as Holy Roman Emperor. Dutch and Spanish forces fight in Maastricht. Did you ever go to Maastricht, Al? Yes, I, I did. I think I did. What is it like in there? Now I'm like, did I go to Maastricht or Utrecht? I think I, I think, Utrecht, actually. I think I went to, yeah, I think that's where I went. But they have all, they, all the cities that end with CHT, like, hard to keep up. Yeah. Um, John Marston, poet and playwright, and Marsilio Cassantini, oh, who's a composer, they're both born in this year. Um, of course, people who die in this year, we already mentioned Maximilian II, and Redicus, a mathematician, they both pass away do we, in 1576. Do we, know what his, do we know what his contribution to mathematics was? Redicus uh, has a sick name. He contributed to math and astronomy and cartography and navigational instruments. But he's best known for his trigonometric tables and as Copernicus's sole pupil. Oh, see, that's, yeah, great. But, of course, none of that is what we came here to talk about today. We are here to talk about Zenyeb. I'm going to call her Z because I'm not quite sure how to entirely pronounce it, and I don't want to butcher it the whole time, and I don't want to say it backwards the whole time, like I did for our Syndica episode. Mm. Uh, most embarrassing moment of my life. Um, so we're just going to call her Z, and that's going to um, be nice. So, but first, I want to lay the stage and say what a harem is, because maybe there's someone out there who doesn't really know, but um, I did a little write-up on what harems are and how they operated during the Safavid Empire specifically. Harems stem from the ideal of seclusion wherein men have the right to keep their women uh, concealed and invisible to other men. This was a time and place in the world where women were not to be seen in public, really. Women were guarded by eunuchs in these harems and could only leave when veiled and accompanied by a proper chaperone. The typical makeup of a harem would be female family members, wives, concubines, and young children. Not all women were kept in harems. Of course, there were still working class women in these societies, just as there are throughout history. And they did, of course, work outside the home at times and did have interactions with men. I was watching a documentary where Christian peoples were conquered and their women were enslaved and would then be put in the harem. 
However, it wasn't entirely proper to enslave Muslim women, although there were some forced conversions. Within the harem, there were a whole bunch of social hierarchies, and there would also be a leader inside the harem that would be making decisions in the absence of whoever the man in charge was. Today, of course, I mentioned we are specifically talking about the Safavid Empire, and there were harems, although in many other cultures, going up to about the 18th century. Male rulers of the Safavid Empire were more likely to have children with their slave concubines to prevent secession and power disputes. As you're going to see in this story, there's a lot of secession and power disputes. Many of the women who were found in the royal harem were Georgian, Armenian, and Circassian. Like I mentioned earlier, some of the women who were captured, they were forced to convert to Shia Islam. However, there were other times where only non-Muslim women were kept as concubines for the Shah. The power of these women who were in charge of the harem, it was not absolute. They were still controlled, of course, by the men in the ruling society, and at various times, these women would be killed for things such as refusing to drink with the Shah, lying about their menstruation periods, and just plain disobedience. And that is the realm Z is entering. Z is one of these women who comes from a different culture. She was the daughter of Tazmap I, who was the second Shah of the Safavid Empire. He reigned for over 50 years, having come to the throne at only 10 years old. So I also, in the documentary I was watching, there were a lot of young, young rulers. She was born to one of the Georgian wives of Tasmap, Princess Hurikan Kanum. In a very similar way to wardship throughout history, she was placed in the guardianship of Shah Kolbeg, who was a high-ranking member of the Shamul Kizilbash faction, who had supported Safavid leadership. Z's father died, like we mentioned, in 1576, and he was succeeded by Ismail II. Ismail ruled a little over a year and had been under house arrest for 19 years prior, and we know that that can drive a brother crazy. He tried to curb Kizilbash influence and began executing his opponents. All of this sounded uh, very Game of Thrones to me, mm. for sure. He even killed and or blinded five of his own brothers and other Safavid princes so that there would be no one to get behind to usurp him or anything. He ended up getting poisoned, like I said, a little bit more than a year into his reign in 1577 by concubines of the inner harem in retaliation for his lack of respect to Parikan Kanum, who was another woman that was living in the harem. She had played a part in his ascension and then... Um, he snubbed her, and she was not cool with that. Rewind back to Z. Z was married to Ali Kol Khan Shamul, who was an officer who had been on the winning side of the power plays going on shortly after the death of Ismail. So apparently, this marriage between them was never consummated, and Z continued to live in the royal harem at Kazvin. Z ended up leading the royal harem through the civil war in the empire that ended that that happened from like the end of the 1580s, which was also happening at the same time as the Ottoman Safavid War. So there's a lot of destabilization going on right now. The Ottomans exploited the dysfunction and I think the Ottomans come out on the winning side because they try to exploit the dysfunction that's going on after the death of Ishmael. She had been supporting her nephew, you know, one of the few people that wasn't killed or blinded, Hazem Mirza, but he was assassinated in 1586. So Game of Thrones. It's crazy. She then turned her support to Prince Abbas during the War of Succession against Mohammed Kodabanda. 
So now in the first few years of Prince Abbas's reign, Z acts as a close friend and confidant, also a very maternal role in this new ruler's life. Even after he had been in power for years, she was his closest advisor and key counselor. The maternal aspect of this relationship is because of her care of Abbas's sons and continued to be the lead matriarch of the harem. She was very close in the affairs of the crown in the Safavid bureaucracy, and between the years of 1592 to 1593, and then later on 1613 to 1614, uh, she acted as the governor of the crown sector of Kashan, a city in the northern part of the Isfahan province in Iran. During this time, she had two bureaucrats who acted as her deputies, and in these years she owned several villages in the southern outskirts of Yazd, which allowed her to collect a poll tax on this area's Zoroastrian community. She did keep this tax for herself, and with these funds she built a big roadside inn called a caravanserai where travelers could rest. This caravanserai was found on the Isfahan Kashan route, and was there from 1601 to 1602. Then a year later in 1603, she was given the post of the Keeper of the Seal for all royal decrees issued by the Empire, and in 1605, she advised Abbas in the Ottoman-Safavid War to attack the Ottomans in Sufyan, the capital of the Sufyan district in East Azerbaijan. This would prove to be one of the greatest victories, killing many Ottoman generals, and governors. In Abbas's council meetings, named Council of the State, she was the only woman advisor in 1606 and demanded and deserved respect in all facets. I'm also wondering why, um, in my research on harems, I found out that they did receive light education there, like a similar amount to a page boy. Like, And I'm wondering why she never wrote down her exploits, or if she did and they just don't survive because... I would love to have known what she thought of all of the dysfunction going on in the Civil War and written about her early life. Yeah. Because we never really know how old she is when she's wielding all this power. We know she's, you know, at least 25. Right. At least 25, 30 in the times that you're talking about. But I would have loved to have known just a bunch more detail about her. But of course, everyone in Fatal Fortunes has a downfall or a misstep that puts them in our line of sight. The next 20 years for Z are going to be a roller coaster. She goes from banishment to back to favor to extreme power to exile again. In about, From what Nathan was talking about, that was not even the height of her power. In about 1613 or 1614, she was expelled from the harem and all of her positions were stripped from her. And she was banished to Kazvin, where she was kept under house arrest. This isn't really a coincidence because other high-ranking Safavid officials were also purged during this time period. There was a Mojtahed, that's basically an Islamic law expert, uh, Mir Muhammad Bakr Damad, might have been the one to order the purge. This was not the last you're going to see of Z, though, because in about 1617 she was allowed to re-enter court life and the royal harem. Ten years later, she was once again at the head of the royal harems in Farahabad and Ishfahan. She supervised Abbas's final illness, and when he died in 1629, she managed to help with some of the funeral preparations. She enjoyed a lot of favor during Abbas's reign, but the apex of her power and influence came under his successor, King Safi. 
Apparently, on Abbas's deathbed, she had convinced him to make Safi her successor, or his successor, and he repaid this act by placing her in high praise and favor. Under King Safi, Z ended up heading the entire administrative organ of the empire, and she had a lot of managerial control, too. Later the same year, she joined Safi during the Ottoman Safavid War that lasted for you know, a good 16 years at the beginning of the 1600s. In May of 1630, she led the royal harem to Golpeigen ahead of the Battle of Miravan. And it was about this time that she had actually written her will, which survives today. On February 12th of 1632, there were a whole bunch more purges initiated by Safi this time, and he ordered Z to leave and banish her from court. This marked the end of her reign, finally and she no longer carried a prestigious position. She still had a bunch of vast wealth, but of course she lived under house arrest, and uh, she kept away from the political events until her death, because of course there's still the Ottoman Safavid War going on, and she ends up dying in 1640. So she lived pretty long of a life for someone of this time period. She died in Kazvin and was buried in the Imam Reza Shrine of Mashhad, Iran, which you can still visit today if you ever figure out how to get to Iran. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Fatal Fortunes. We are winding down the season. I think we have three episodes left, and we can't wait to see you there. Bye.